a possibility to act toward the good is always there. Hello and welcome back to Corvinus Business Intelligence. My name is Theodore Boone. I am on the faculty here at Corvinus University's School of Business. And I am delighted, as always, to have with me as my co-host, Adam Herzeg, who is a third-year student at Corvinus University in the School of Business. And most of all, we are thrilled to have back with us today for our second podcast in the series, Sister Laura. Sister Laura is a Dominican religious sister, economist, and ethics teacher, and is one of the founders of a teaching program and mission called Christian Social Principles in Economy. In Hungarian, it is abbreviated K-E-T-E-G. Sister Laura, welcome back to our podcast. Welcome, everybody. And uh, <laughs> uh, ruling the Ketag, uh, we, we pronounce in Hungarian Ketag, which is went to the uh, knowledge of the other uh, people as well. Thank you. Ketag, thank you. Uh, Sister Laura, if you could uh, summarize for us the core principles of the Ketag, the Christian Social Principles and Economy Teaching Program, and, and mission, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, then first of all, uh, I would like to pronounce uh, the, the main uh, values of the social teaching of the church, uh, because uh, the social teaching of the church in, um, in narrow understanding uh, uh, consists of uh, 13 papal uh, uh, encyclicals. But in, in a narrow understanding, a lot of economists, uh, even today, uh, are, are working on this basis and, and producing books and, 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 and presentations and so on. So it's, a, it's, it's in a wider sense. Uh, but all of them can uh, le leading back to the basic principles, which are the first principle is the human dignity. Uh, the, 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 the principle said that all humans have a dignity and deserve trust uh, from each other. It doesn't matter if he sits in a jail or if he is a homeless or if he is a king. Uh, the, the dignity is similar in each uh, human being and each human being has to trust, uh, has to uh, uh, evaluate the other uh, human. So human dignity is the first. And then comes solidarity, uh, which is a very widespread uh, phenomenon in the world. So not only the, the, the church uh, uh, documents use solidarity, but we use solidarity in, in common sense. Uh, but uh, solidarity, first of all, focuses on the poor uh, people. Uh, so you, you should be uh, solid with the pure uh, people and, and give them what they deserve. And uh, sub subsidiarity is the third principle. Uh, subsidiarity is in the, uh, in the EU documents as well. So the European Union is based on the principle of subsidiarity as well. It means that if you have a hierarchical structure, uh, the, the, the basic level uh, has to act independently. So they have to act uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, do things independently. Uh, uh, they, they are able to do independently their duties. 
and the and the upper level in the hierarchy should interfere only when when the when the lower level asks for the, for the help. So the upper level's uh, role is to help out and not to dictate and not to press the, to suppress the the lower levels, but to to help. And and this is the the leadership uh, structure of uh, subsidiarity. And and today the the, the servant leadership uh, uh, phenomenon uh, uh, describes this subsidiarity uh, type of leadership. So thank you, thank you so much. And if I may just uh, follow up on that third category. So again, we have the three core principles, human dignity first, second, solidarity, with a focus particularly on the poor, and third, subsidiary principles. Uh, so on that third point, subsidiary, then in the context of a business organization, um, if I'm understanding it correctly, a, a, if somebody is in a leadership position, the point is not to um, just throw out rules and, and commands, but to create an environment um, where, where other people that are lower in the hierarchy can, can thrive. Is that, am I on the right track there? Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's a different type of leadership. It's, it's, it's a servant leadership. It's a good expression, servant leadership. When, when God serves people, so when 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 the family leader serves the member of the family and not not instructs them and rules them and and, and dictates dictates them. Please, Adam, go ahead. So I believe like it it sounds crazy because in I think not a lot of con or like companies uh, do work <laughs> like this. So but it, it's this this is the healthy way, right? So like I think this is what where we should be heading. So people in higher positions shouldn't be the boss, they should just be the leader. They, they are there because they, they know how to make this environment for you. So it makes sense, actually. And it's, and it's fascinating that we are not doing this, that we have completely shifted from this to another direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, let, let me say that uh, rules and laws and, and structures are, are uh, necessary for leadership, but the attitude is different. So I create a rule just to be an instrument for, for making the, the task, for making the business, for making society. So, so, so law is very important, but a tool and not, not, as, a, not, as, a, not as a goal of dictating to the people. So the attitude is important, uh, the, the servant attitude. So let me give you a, a hypothetical example, but also a real world example. And if you could provide your thoughts how um, under your program and mission, Christian Social Principles and Economy, if, if you, uh, Sister Laura, could, could sort of respond how you would handle it. Um, as we all know, uh, during the height of the COVID pandemic, the tourism industry suffered a lot around the world, which meant that many hotels uh, suffered and lost a lot of income and therefore, um, unfortunately, had to let some people go from their positions because there were essentially no guests. So if, if you are, or very few guests, so if you are, uh, let's say, running a hotel and you need to make a difficult decision to reduce the workforce by by 20%, how do you approach something like that in line with um, 
your your program and and mission? How would you, as a leader, approach something like that? Mm -hmm. I, I know examples because I know entrepreneurs and entrepreneur networks uh, working in this manner of CATAG, of the social teaching of the prince. And uh, when they faced a similar situation, uh, they, they first focus was, was, was the workers' interest. And they tried to do their best to keep the workers and not kick them out. But if they had to, then they, they made a compensation if they could. So, so, so they, they, they focused on the interest of the, of the, of the human. Uh, that, uh, that's what I, my answer is. So yeah. it's not so easy to handle this situation. Yeah, and I, 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 for me, um, many of these ethical issues, whether it's economics or business or, 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 or social, um, if it was easy to know, if it was sort of a clear right or wrong, then to me the decision is, is easy. But sometimes the most difficult thing is to, what, to, to figure out what is the right thing to do. Um, and in that vein, um, we understand that um, your, your approach is um, uh, based at least to a certain extent on, on Aristotle. Um, and um, Adam, um, you, you were just saying, which is very impressive, that in your spare time you're reading Aristotle. Um, and maybe you could uh, uh, follow up on, on that, that area for us. Yeah, yeah, so it's very important because I, uh, Aristotle said, I think, that, uh, that basically everybody is doing what they inherently think is <coughs> right. So even as you said, said that you choose the right thing, it might not be the right thing for somebody else. So this is why it's, it's very hard to decide what's right or what is wrong. And what is important that Aristotle wrote this book of his, like this Nicomachean Ethics, like 2,500 years ago. That was not yesterday, it was a long time ago. It was different, like it, there was no electricity, there was no eight-hour uh, shifts, there was, like, uh, the world was completely different, but what is fascinating that all these values that he had written down are still there in the humans. So, uh, maybe I would like to ask you, sister, so, do you think that there are some values which are constant, or do you think that which are the values that we should focus on as of now in the economic world? because they will stay with us and which one of these values are things that we should just let go because you know they are just just, just a trend they come and go mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a very complex question that i try to answer first of all uh, when we mention aristotle i would say that he's a father of the theories of uh, virtues uh, because uh, Nicomachean ethics uh, is about virtues and the virtuous ethics. And I think virtues are very, very, very stable uh, values, which are the virtues, the, 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 the clever people, the, the intelligent people, the being intelligent, and, uh, and then the temperance, when for the sustainable life is very important to be temperate, to, to, to not use too much uh, resources and, and, and to be uh, temperate uh, toward uh, certain uh, present things and temperance. 
and justice, uh, which is uh, justice, uh, however, is the basic value of the social teaching of the church as well. So justice is important. And, and the fortitude, uh, which means that uh, if you are strong enough in your spirit and, and, and in, in your soul, then you can be, give freely, you can be generous, you can be, you can, you can uh, be uh, unselfish, self, selfishless, selfless. Yes, unselfish. Unselfishness. And, and, and they are, they are the, the characteristics of the virtuous person. Uh, and, and if you practice these virtues, you can find a way toward the good. And now we arrived at the question of the good, what is good, you were asking. And uh, uh, it the answer depends on if you approach good as an objective phenomenon or a subjective phenomenon. Uh, the, today, the mainstream uh, approach is that good is something subjective because what to, to me is good is good. If smoking is good, then the, this is the higher good for me. In, if if uh, drinking alcohol is, is, is for me good, this can be the highest good for me. But in the ancient uh, philosophy, like by Aristotle or by Thomas Aquinas, uh, good has an objective uh, character which means that it is given in the human nature what is good. So if, uh, if, if, uh, I, if I am in a silent room and, and, and I uh, examine myself, somehow I can uh, realize what is the real, real, real good to me. Uh, and uh, and this is in my nature. And Thomas Aquinas uh, was a very good on on uh, on, on phrasing uh, the, the the natural law uh, within the human person, which means that the first inclination, the first inclination in the human, is towards the good. He realizes what is good, and and he rather uh, takes the things which are good, and rather avoids what is bad. So and uh, this is the the the, the nature law and uh, and and this is the answer of what is good. So how, somehow it is in my nature. So would it be fair to say that um, you you believe that um, a, a CEO of a, of a company inherent in that person's nature is a natural inclination towards what is what is good yeah. in the truest sense in the in the objective sense, not in the subjective sense. Yeah, uh, this is the, the theory. The praxis is that, of course, in the, in the, in the theology we learn that, um, that human being is a sinful human, so there are the sin, and the sin spoils this picture and can shade the real good in me. But as a root, as a possibility, as a, as a, as a possibility uh, uh, to act toward the good is always there. Go ahead, Adam. Uh, so like, maybe if, if, if someone thinks that killing a man is good, is it, is it objectively good? Or is it, it's, it's, it's subjectively, subjectively good, because the, at the end you realize that if you kill the person, you will feel uh, not good, you won't be happy. You, you will be uh, uh, nervous mm -hmm. and you, will, you, you want to hide your deed. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the consequences of your deed are not good. 
are, are not convenient to you. You don't feel well uh, within these uh, circumstances. And uh, by the way, I, I must say that um, the, uh, the ties to Aristotle are fascinating for me. As, as you know, I'm a lawyer, and a US lawyer, and before one studies law in the US, one uh, needs an undergraduate degree, and, and my major was, was philosophy, and particularly Aristotle was fascinating. And I might recommend to our listeners, if uh, you are in Athens, um, to go see the ruins of the Lyceum, Aristotle's school. Um, they're not the most dramatic ruins in, in Athens by any means. But when you're there and you see the place where so much, as Adam mentioned and Sister Laura, you have been expounding on so much thought, um, fundamental thought and, and, and writing and teaching took place, it's really something that is, is very, very um, inspiring uh, for us. Um, on the concept of human dignity in the workplace, the first of the three core principles that you mentioned. Um, could you provide some examples of that, of how somebody in a business leadership role um, might try to pursue uh, that core principle? Mm -hmm. Again, an example of, uh, in, a, in a recent uh, conference where <clears throat> a, company, uh, a company leader had a grandmother who was uh, sick and who, who, who sat in a wheelchair. And, and somehow they involved in the life in the family because she, I don't know, she, stick, she was sticking something, she was doing something. And, and this company leader realized that he wants to uh, employ, employ handicapped people as well because of the grandma, the, to the trust of the grandma. And, and he figured out a very good business structure where he could employ handicapped people, but they still uh, uh, was, was fruitable for the business. Yeah. Uh, because he found their place, in the, a right place in the, in the, in the business uh, move, uh, in the business course. And, um, and, 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 the, and, and all the workers were trusting the human dignity of these wheelchair persons, of these handicapped persons. So the handicapped person can be evaluated and can be given a good kind of job uh, when, when his dignity or her dignity is appreciated. Yes, th thank you, Sister Laura, for more detail on that. I think we have time for one last question. Uh, Adam, please go ahead. So my question would be that we talked about how different uh, values and, and uh, religious views, basically, uh, can have an impact on economy, but can economy have an impact on religion or do you think that there are some similarities uh, like for example i don't know is there an international market of uh, religions so are they are these religions competing for example or, or how do you see this uh, i think of course economy has an impact on theology and philosophy as well the social uh, the social market economy uh, was, is a good example. Social market economy was an economic structure after the Second World War in West Germany, where Adenauer was a counselor. Uh, he introduced uh, this type of uh, economics, and the social teaching of the church was an obligatory theory within the parliament, within the ger German parliament. 
and the social market economy uh, said that economy econ is a market is a very useful tool in in economics but not using not uh, serving exploitation but serving this mutual uh, business interest among the partners so the social uh, market economy was a real uh, economic uh, structure and 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 that kind of economics uh, which was which was driven by the social uh, teaching principle unfortunately uh, we are out of time for this podcast um, i would encourage our listeners to return for the third and final uh, series with uh, sister uh, laura uh, which will be coming up soon, and we will get more into Sister Laura's background and how she came to her current work. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank my co-host, Adam Herzeg, um, who enjoys reading Aristotle in his spare time and is a third-year uh, student at Corvinus University's uh, School of Business. Uh, we would both very much like to thank Sister Laura, a Dominican religious sister, economist, an ethics teacher who is one of the founders of the teaching program and mission called Christian Social Principles in Economy um, and is a teacher here at Corvinus University and also received her PhD here at Corvinus University. Sister Laura, we thank you so much and we leave you today as we always do with these words of Benjamin Franklin, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. This is Theodore Boone of the Corvinus University School of Business faculty, and please come back for our third podcast soon with Sister Laura. Thank you.